Welcome back. It's another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Miami, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who has released a number of singles this year the latest of them being less than two weeks ago on July 10th. The official lyric video for it got over 5,000 views in the first six days on YouTube. He has done collaborations with Pitbull, Lil Jon, and Flo Rida, and was previously signed to Epic Records under Sony Music's umbrella. He has been featured by the likes of CNN, MTV, and BET. He currently has 19,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. You've been hearing a song of his called Rude Boy Summer. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Case Lee. How's it going, Bruce? Great. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Looking forward to talking uh, to you. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. You bet. You bet. The first order of business every week on the show is always having the guest talk about the song of theirs that was playing during the intro. So, Case Lee, tell the audience all about your song, Rude Boy Summer. Sure, yeah. Um, so Rude Boy Summer is, you know, like a summertime, feel-good, Caribbean-inspired uh, song, you know, party song. It's it's something that um, really goes back to my uh, West Indian roots, my, my Trini, my Trinidadian side, um, calling on those roots to, to really, uh, you know, get the people moving on the dance floor, you know. When did you write that? And I'm guessing that you're going to tell me that you wrote it alone? Uh, well, so the I would say about a few, a couple months ago, um, is when I wrote, started the writing process. So this is a collaboration with an artist called Brave Boy, who is actually based in Trinidad. And how that initially came about is that I had the instrumental, I had a rough sketch of the instrumental, um, kind of just sitting on my computer for a bit, um, meaning like couple years um and then i yeah and then i heard it recently i was kind of digging through my archives and then i heard this i was like man this this actually sounds like the people would respond to it today like it sounds like it could work in the club today even though we don't have access to clubs just the idea of that you know Mm -hmm. um so when i heard it i was like man i want to send this to brave boy since we had done a uh we had worked together previously um and and had a good you know kind of working chemistry so so i wanted to send it to him see what he thought and he loved it and then his immediate response was like man i feel like this is something we should do together um which wasn't even my original intention so he he wrote probably his verse and and the chorus um within maybe 15 minutes he sent the idea of what he was thinking i was like wow this is this is really cool so then I wrote my verse, uh, you know, that that same week. And I would say this is like in the thick of quarantine. So everything was shut down um, and he couldn't get to an actual studio for about a month after uh, writing 
uh, you know, his part. So, wow. yeah, so we were kind of slowed down by that. But um, I think he recorded his verse literally like the beginning of June and then sent his sent his vocals over. And then uh, we finished up or I finished up, uh, you know, the recording uh, process of just, you know, the finishing touches of it and then uh, put it up, put it up for the people to hear. So when you said that you had actually put the idea down initially a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and you more recently found it on your computer, was it simply just a case of you probably got the idea at that time and said, I got to record this while it's in my head, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And that's how it got away from you for a couple of years. Do you think? Um, that's a good question. I think that periodically I will you know, have, like you said, an idea in my head, or I'll just kind of be tinkering around uh, with my music software, keyboards, whatever. And then, oh, this is, you know, this is cool. And then kind of bring the idea to a certain point that, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes the lyrical side of it doesn't come right away, where it's just like the music side. So then, you know, in this case, it was just the music side. And I had never really gotten a lyric in mind uh Mm. for myself so that's why it was kind of just like well i I like this groove i like this sound i like you know the feel of everything but i'll just kind of push it to the side Mm. and move on to another idea okay well the other question that came to mind as you were describing what happened when you sent the song off to your friend is Mm -hmm. i have to believe that when an artist does something like that meaning they share it with a collaborative partner that they've worked with before, it's probably almost implied that you intend to work on it together, right? Because when you first said that, my knee jerk was, he told you that we should work on it together. And I thought, well, what if that's not what Casely intended? (laughs) What if Casely was just saying, like, what do you think of this? How do you tell somebody, no, that's not what I meant, but I got to believe that if you're sending a song off to somebody that you have that kind of relationship with, you probably figure it's going to turn into a collab anyways, yes? Um, yeah, that's a good question. In this case, I sent it to him with the context of, hey, what do you think about this for you? Um, oh. So, so, wow. <laughs> so my intention was 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 pretty clear um, because our, our working chemistry had initially gone so well, um, we kind of just built up a rapport of just, you know, chatting sporadically, um, throughout over the past year, because um, the collaboration we initially did was last summer. Um, so, you know, speaking throughout the year, we kind of build a friendship. And then so it was easy to just, you know, text it to him and say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, I think you would sound great on it. You know, what do you think about it for you? So my intention was pretty clear that like, I, I had no... <laughs> It was not in my mind to actually vocally be on the song, you know. <laughs> so, but it, but it, but I'm glad that you know, as part of collaboration, it's like he offered up the idea of what do we, what if we, you know, do this together, meaning yeah. vocally appearing on it. And I was like, well, yeah, let's try it. <laughs> That's cool. You know? That's cool. Yeah. Listeners normally here is where I would tell you about the Patreon for the show, but if you've been listening for a while, you already know about it. Let's be honest. <laughs> Bonus <laughs> content that I record. After the show, every week with every guest, been doing that since last Christmas. But it also means a lot to me that by signing up for that, you also, by extension, show your support for what I'm creating here every week. It's only five bucks a month. Go to nhte.net, which is my show website. 
click on the orange colored support us on Patreon button. I really would appreciate your consideration. Plus, obviously, you get to hear lots more from all the guests beyond what gets released as the main podcast episode. Casely and I will do some bonus audio, too. So check it out on Patreon. Casely, congratulations on the new single, Never Be Alone, which we will play at the end of today's interview. But first, let's talk about the success that the Lyric video has had for it so fast on YouTube. What do you credit for getting more than 5,000 views in just six days on a Lyric video? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I I think that the, you know, no pun intended, but I think the Lyric of the song, the lyrical content, I've been getting a lot of feedback just from um, random listeners and, and fans about certain lyrics that are really striking them and that they're really connecting with. And I, you know, I, I have no idea, but I would say that people are just, it's resonating with people emotionally um, through its melody and its lyrical content. You know, I think a lot of us need that, that extra boost of support and encouragement, um, whether we say it out loud or not. Um, so I think that people are just kind of locking into that emotion that's in, in the record. Yeah, and for anyone listening who is a songwriter, a recording artist yourself, I want to encourage you to not sell short the value of a lyric video. I must say that I had to learn the hard way myself that I kind of used to wonder what their place were, and over the years it has really become a lot clearer to me. As recently as last night, I was showing my wife a lyric video on YouTube because the day before had been Bastille Day and I wanted her to see the words to the Rush song Bastille Day so that she could understand the context. And so now, Casely, you're here to say that the lyrics are resonating with people, so they want to go and sit and look at the lyrics as the song makes that impact on them. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with this lyric video in particular, I think it's pretty visually dynamic um just the art of it you know the imagery uh the photos that are aligned with the lyric it helps to 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 just visually bring the story to life that i'm writing about in the song um and it's all handmade it's really it's it's uh you know it's like done with a stop motion and it's it's a very cool video to to just watch (laughs) Well, and I want to commend you for taking that approach because a lot of the lyric videos out there, as we all know, are just white letters on a black background and that's it, Mm -hmm. you know, which again, there's a place for those, but to take it to the level that you did kind of shows that I understand that this is quote unquote, just a lyric video, but I still want to make it visually appealing for the person who is watching this. Right. Yeah. I think, um, if you don't do that, it's kind of a wasted opportunity to, to reinforce your message um, that you're trying to get across in the mm. music, you know? Wow, wow, great point, yeah. great point. Well, I also think it's interesting that when you released Never Be Alone, it was actually a double single. Explain that approach mm-hmm. to the audience because I believe that's the second time already this year that you've done that. Yeah, that's right. Um, back in April, I released my first double and as you just said this is the this is the second time i'm releasing a double and you know i have i have a lot of music i have a lot that i want to give to the world musically and artistically and by releasing these doubles it it allows me as an artist to express different sides of me you know um so you have never be alone 
um, that's a more inspirational, encouraging piece of music. And then on the flip side, um, you have Rude Boy Summer that's like straight to the dance floor or straight to your living room floor, mm. um, you know, currently. Um, and just the bringing about the energy and the vibration to, to get out of whatever headspace you're in, right? B through both having a good time as well as inspiration. So the doubles just allow me to, to really express different sides of myself um, and just offer more music to, to, to people, you know? And am I correct? When I was looking around on iTunes, did I see, and I don't think it was Rude Boy Summer Never Be Alone. I think it was the other one that you mentioned. Did that mm -hmm. double release, did that also have a third component to it, which I believe was quote-unquote liner notes or like a uh, lyric book? I Yeah, actually, yes. That So there's a digital booklet that's that it, I made for, for this release, actually. It oh, was okay. for Never Be Alone and Rude Boy Summer. Um, you know, I, I had actually never had a digital booklet before, so I said, hey, you know, I'm going to make a digital booklet for this. And... Um, put the lyrics in there and just add some more visual art in it so that that's the accompanying uh piece to this release on i on the itunes store okay so let's be accurate here so you keep saying mm -hmm. that you did so you actually did it you didn't send it out to a designer or to some mm -hmm. artist that came up with the digital booklet for you you did it on your own that is correct that is correct i uh i i you know went into my editing skills and uh just put together tried to execute the vision that i had in my mind and you know i have a lot of a lot of fun doing the creative side of of music you know there's different aspects like you said there's design there's video there's this this and that and um so so yeah i, I literally did the digital the digital booklet myself um as well as the art covers you know and jumping back to the doubles, you'll see it's represented with a, and a yin and a yang sign, just as the one before it. So that further uh, just supports the idea of like, hey, giving you know different different sides of myself to people through this music. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, Casely, because we do have people who listen to the show because they are up and comers and they're trying to learn from the guests. Mm -hmm. Talk about that digital booklet that you designed yourself. Is it a case of, well, full disclosure, I have mm -hmm. done graphic design for years, or is it, no, Bruce, you're giving me too much credit. Like anybody, any indie artist out there can do their own digital booklet by themselves. Yeah, I think that, that nowadays, um, just like there are with music production and, and music in general, there are a lot of tools that creators or creatives have at their access. So... For me personally, I've tinkered around with um, like digital editing, you know, digital design, but by no means am I a Photoshop pro or a graphic designer pro. I'm far from that. So I would say with a little determination, anybody would be able to, to just, you know, with enough effort, figure out a way to, to um, make a digital booklet. You know, okay. it, it takes some technical know-how um but it's possible you know these tools are made to to make uh, these things easy easy enough for 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 people to do you know what i mean but at the end of the day i, I would say if if it's if you're struggling in executing the vision that you have um and you would be better suited to bring someone on to do it then do that you know i, I think it's important to do whatever is strongest for the art as opposed to just saying, well, 
I want to do it because I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? This was something where I felt like I was able to execute my vision um, with whatever know-how that I that I currently possess. And did you use Photoshop that you've mentioned Photoshop a couple times? I use like a combination of apps. So there's like Photoshop or Photoshop uh, Mix even. Uh, tools like Canva um, okay. help to assemble things, you know. Um, so sometimes I bounce back and forth between uh, mobile apps, uh, desktop apps, whatever I need to do to kind of, you know, Lightroom from Adobe, whatever tools are needed to, if I don't know how to do it all in one, but I'm like, well, I know how to do this one part in this other program. <laughs> I'm gonna take, you know what I mean? So yeah, kind of bounce gotcha. around to get my, you know, to get the idea out, you know, instead of like, just like exhausting myself trying to figure out something in one particular yep. program. Yep. I'm like, hey, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it. On the yeah. Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account, every Sunday you'll see a post that I do about the current Patreon bonus audio, and that I do on Canva. And yet the next oh, day, okay. on Monday, when I put up a quote from a past episode, I use an app called WordSwag. So the Canva image go. I make on my computer on Sunday, and then the next day I use my phone and I use WordSwag, and <laughs> makes me look exactly. makes me look like a much much better designer than I am, which is like <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right, right, right. I understand. I understand. So you know what I mean. You know, you throw it in one app, you know, twist it up in another, and then yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, if I'm correct on this, you've actually put mm -hmm. out nine new songs this year. What with the two Jeez. double singles and then five other tracks. Is that typical for you or was it wow. helped by downtime from the pandemic or was it maybe a New Year's resolution that you made at the end of 2019? Like how have you been able to put out so much new music in the first, let's say, half of the year? And then I guess mm -hmm. why the steady stream of singles rather than just putting all of those on one album? Right, right, right. That's a good question. And, it, and it's <laughs> it's. Uh... You know, it takes me back to even hear that number. I didn't even realize it was it was nine um, nine songs. Um, but you know, as you mentioned, New Year's resolution, there was sort of that in the sense of I kind of had a conversation with myself at the beginning of the year to say, you know, this year I just need to um, pour everything that I have into you know this dream and this this passion of mine and really just throw everything at at the wall you know um with direction of course not not like aimlessly <laughs> but but really just go go hard for it you know as we'd say it's just like going hard and towards the end of 2019 is where we started to plan for the for the initial release of the year which was the nena song featuring red rap um from jamaica and since then it's it's I, I think it's you know my team and i just feel like why not give the people uh more music you know it's it doesn't to us it doesn't feel like a time where we need to hold back you know there's a lot of music that i've written already over the years that has never been released there's a lot of music that i continue to write right now that you know, obviously has yet to be released and, and there's just a lot. And, you know, people are used to consuming so much at every second, every minute, every moment that it's like, well, you want to consume more. Hey, I have more to consume. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a great explanation. Thank you. One thing that we haven't talked about yet with your music mm-hmm. is that you produce all of your own songs. So why did you choose to take that approach rather than bringing in someone else? Yeah, I think it was a natural evolution and, and just part of the growth overall. Um, I used to, I, I started like toying around with production in college, but it was it was nowhere near like, let's say professional. It was just kind of like learning the process of sounds and overdubbing sounds and stuff like that. But I would largely rely on working with other producers um, and collaborators. And I think over time, I got more comfortable in that seat as I began to learn more. Um, and I'm someone that, for as long as I can remember, uh, I don't like to wait on people to to like execute my vision or if I have an idea. I think that mm. the issue with when you work with other producers is sometimes, or engineers, sometimes you have to wait on them to get either inspired or motivated or available if they're too busy you're at the mercy of their schedule you're at the mercy of their schedule which is can be really frustrating when you know you just want to go and 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 you just want to you know you want to do this and 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 it sucks to be in a position to just wait um so you know initially that started in college where i started learning the recording process i actually started to i learned how to record and engineer myself before I learned how to produce myself. Mm. Um, so, you know, at first I didn't want to wait to go to a studio. I just wanted to, I just wanted to record. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. you know, so I, so I made myself learn how to use Pro Tools. And then I learned how to use this other software called Logic. And then I learned to produce in Logic. And then, um, you know, so, and then for me, it's much more organic um, producing and writing as opposed to just one. Um, I don't think that works for everybody, but for me, I like the idea I like the process of starting to create a musical bed and then writing some lyrics and then, ooh, I know what would sound good here. This this synth sound, I have a melody for the mm. synth. And then, oh, this uh, vocal melody would work well up against that. And then kind of massaging the two sides and going back and forth is really exciting for me. So, um, Yeah, I was actually going to ask you to talk about your production process versus your songwriting process. And it sounds like you're you're going there. Yes. Um, um, yeah. So the the product they're they're kind of they they, they dance with each other. I guess yeah. is the way that I could best um, describe it. You know, um, a lot of times I will sit down and start. I would say most times I start producing the music first, and then allow that to inspire the top line, which is the lyric and melody. Ah. Um rarely it it does happen sometimes where i might just be walking down the street and like an idea will pop in my head of a vocal um probably a handful of times it's it's happened that way but for me it, it it's it typically happens where i come across some drums that i like the sound of that inspire me to create a certain groove and then that leads to some like uh other instrumentation like pads or strings or synths whatever and then now I've gotten uh, now I'm starting to paint a visual picture in my mind of where this moment is taking place. And then I'm writing uh, 
from that space, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that whole explanation because it ties in nicely with producing your own songs. Because Mm -hmm. if you do get that inspiration, you say, well, right here, it would be really good to layer in this or to bring in this instrument. If you can do that yourself right on the spot, as opposed to the next time I go to the studio, I'm going to have to tell the producer and then you're going to have to make a voice memo or something to remember what that was exactly the way you want to hear it come out on the recording so why not just sit down at your rig and say, I'm going to record it right now myself? Exactly. Exactly. That's 100% correct. And, and you know, if let's say you produce, but you don't uh, engineer or you don't, you know, you don't know how to record or, or mix or whatever. That's also another person you have to kind of wait on. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's complete validity in saying well sometimes you want another set of ears on your on your music or, sure. or whatever and there are people that I you know bounce ideas off of and I and I'm, I'm able to kind of quality check myself you know um, but I think when you you have the tools you have the toolbox to say well you know I, I want to add that sound and I also want it the mix to sound a certain way and you kind of it just adds it, it helps you in terms of just executing your idea, you know, from beginning to end. And how, and how. And listeners, you'll be surprised to hear Casely's musical background, how he got his start. But before he and I get into that, I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Miami by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Casely. Visit his official website at caselykingofthesouth.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. He is very active on social media. Look for the links on his website for Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. His music is streaming on Spotify, but the better way to support him is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes, which is Apple Music. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Casely and bonus content for the previous 30 episodes of this show. I do want to make sure that I also thank those of you that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I can tell because of the monthly emails that they send me. Feel free to email me yourself, though, at podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you, so if you want to help me out and you don't want to do the Patreon, that's how you can help me. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, whichever one you do, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which then helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me once a month in those emails is how much they're kicking back to me. That's it. So I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased for that matter. So anyhow, thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Casely, before all that, I started to mention... You attended the Berkeley College of Music on a full-ride scholarship. When the audience hits your website, they're going to see pictures mm-hmm. of you with different guitars, but tell them what you were actually playing when you went off to Berkeley. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so my first instrument is piano. And um, it's, you know, I was classically trained on the piano, I think, from about 12 years old. I started wow. taking piano piano lessons. And yeah, Berkeley is contemporary music. So it's, it's yeah, the furthest thing from classical. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I've always... I've always wanted to be a you know a recording artist on the on the commercial side of things so you know that was that was Berkeley was perfect for me because it was a, a space to to really you know refine that that side of me um, but yeah it was classical piano Bach Beethoven Chopin my favorite <laughs> wow wow yeah. and you actually even got extensive experience in musical theater talk about uh, yes. some of that but then also Describe to the transition that you decided to make at some point away from all of that into the style of music that you do today, because you were doing some pretty good stuff with musical theater. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so musical theater for me started like in grade school, like uh, elementary. Um, I would start doing like these summer camps and, you know, they have these different school year shows and and it was something that I that I did a lot as an extracurricular activity outside of school, like in the community theater. And I just, I can't even, I'm not even sure where the love of that really came from. I think when you just hear or see something as a child and it pulls you in, you're just like, I want to do that all the time. So um, that, you know, I had, I had an attraction to this, to the stage, to the theater, maybe the, the costumes. And I, if I had to, had uh, isolated probably the the emotional storytelling of it um, mm. because I think that's what carries over into just who I am as an artist. I, I just love the vulnerability of of what music I think should be, and um, musical theater really allows the the actor or performer to to tap into to tap into that, you know. But tell the listeners, you even mm -hmm. shared the stage with Judy Collins. Yeah, that was in uh, as as part of her choir. I was in the choir that backed uh, backed her up. Um, and man, this was this was in middle school, I think, at the time. And we were her. We were part of her choir. And man, I could not even tell you what we were saying. <laughs> it was. It, it, I do not remember. But uh, but yeah, I've gotten to to really you know perform with with some really cool people and four cool people etc yeah the carnegie hall choir listeners you right. yes that was an experience yeah disney world's candlelight processional the critics choice districts competition so i'm trying to make sure that you understand listeners that this wasn't something that casely just did for a month or two or a semester and decided that was fun and moved on. This was a big part of his life for a while. But as I said, at some point you made the decision that, okay, this is really enjoyable, but I want to transition into the style of music that you're doing today. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I think a lot of the theater stuff happened before I really started to write songs. Okay. Um, okay. And I think when I started to write songs around 14 years old, it, it, that's also when I started to, that was like my first time getting into a recording studio and really tapping into the side I had seen on TV, but had no idea how to access until 
I was just, I was in high school and somebody said, hey, man, you have a good voice. You should meet a friend of mine just graduated and he produces beats. Uh. Wow. OK, that sounds great. You know, and that was the, the start. Um, and that producer, uh, Jason J. Vibe Farmer, has gone on to actually win Grammys. Um, he's a big reggae producer. He's produced uh, for Bungie Garland, uh, Keisha Cole. Um, and done a lot of things as well. So it's, it's, it's really cool when you see your, your childhood friends, um, you know, be successful and, and, uh, you know, um, so I think that was a transition from theater and then the love of theater always remained. Um, and I think through, through, you know, I took a hiatus from my solo career to form my band, Casely and the Jank. And through the band I was able to kind of tap more into um my previous theater uh approach mm. uh, like our approach to, to 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 the songs was very cinematic and the the stories were were, were the main part of the, the music you know the, the the music told very strong stories and it allowed a level of vulnerability that I think in a lot of pop music you don't really get to express you know it's kind of you know flashy and just kind of surface level a lot of times in pop music so um now that i'm going back into my solo career and 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 launching you know all these songs this year i would say all of those skills have combined into um into what you hear now wow wow <laughs> yeah well at the start of today's show i mentioned that you've had collaborations with lil john pitbull and florida how did you get those opportunities and then just talk a little bit about working with guys of that caliber sure um so when i before i signed to epic probably six seven months before signing to epic slash sony i signed a production deal with these producers named the Diaz brothers. Now the Diaz brothers are from Miami. They're like Miami legends and they are responsible for starting Pitbull's career. Um, when Pitbull used to be signed to an independent label back in the day, the Diaz brothers were his producers and, um, his whole relationship with, uh, with his label at the time. So they, now when MySpace was a thing, um, the Diaz brothers, their manager had reached out to me several times and I just ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) Like thinking like it was just like, you know, you just, this is not real. Like, what is this? You know, then finally, um, uh, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I ended up like taking one of the messages seriously or if, um, she just found another way to, to get to my manager or something, but we actually set up a meeting and it all became real. And, I signed a production deal with the Diaz brothers and um, they had the relationships with Pitbull, obviously. Yeah. And um, which later led to um, a a big song with their other friend, DJ Laz, who's another legendary DJ and radio host down here in Miami um, to do our collaboration song, Move, Shake, Drop with Flowrider. And then I got signed to Epic, and then Epic wanted Flowrider on the remix of Emotional, which was my Uh, song, my single at the time. So um, there are a lot of inner workings there, um, you know. Wow, wow. Well, when the audience goes to your website, they're going to see logos for Spotify, Apple Music, Berklee College of Music, and Nickelodeon. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, what, super what, random, right? What, yeah, <laughs> what's that all about? So, so you know, um, so I never walked all the way away from the Broadway stuff in the sense of um, I I started t- training acting. Um, I would say I, I started to train for like TV and film acting up in New York. I think in 2012 or something like that. Um, and because I, I always, like I said, I always had a love for stage and I, and I always, I still feel like acting provides a, a, a medium to express yourself differently than you can through music. You know, you could scream, you can yell, you can cry and you can do all of these sorts of things that don't necessarily lend itself to one song you know Mm -hmm. maybe a whole album arc but uh you know so i love acting and the bottom line is that the nickelodeon thing they 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 had the uh there was this opportunity for this new show they were launching and my agent uh said hey man they you know they want you to audition for a role on this show called i am frankie um as the which is about a, a an android that becomes human and uh, basically I was one of the people to help bring her to life. So, um, essentially, yeah, I, I had a, a brief stint on the show called I am Frankie. Uh, and my, you know, get this, my, my character's name was Casey of all things. So <laughs> very close, <laughs> but that was such a great time man, such a great experience. People could actually find that online. I think on Nickelodeon's website or something like that. Or probably through the link on your website from the, <laughs> or that, yeah, <laughs> you could do that too. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I love, I love that side of things as well. Folks, if you're a regular listener of the show, I thank you ever so much. I really do. And if you're new, welcome and do go back and listen to previous episodes of now hear this entertainment. Everyone should be checking out the website too, nhte.net, including the access Vegas logo that you'll see on there, which when you click on it, will take you over to their site. And when you use the code Bruce at sign up, you will get $5 off. And remember As you start receiving Access Vegas in your email inbox, if those members-only newsletters don't contain information you want to know specific to your interests, members can use the Your Guy in Vegas feature in the membership area where they guarantee to reply to questions with knowledgeable help. The bottom line is that Vegas visitors are going to come to Las Vegas, and for the price of a cup of coffee per month, They can be the most informed, period, regarding when and what to know in advance of the next trip, whether it be six weeks from now or six months from now. You heard me a few weeks ago saying that my daughter went to Vegas and I was able to give her a couple tips that I had read in the newsletter. Again, go to my show website, nhte.net, hit the Access Vegas logo, and during sign-up, use the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Casely, what all did you do during the pandemic and then what is next for you? Good question. Um, you know, so the pandemic for me didn't change my, I would say lifestyle drastically because I'm a, I'm a natural homebody. Um, I'm home working on music a lot. So being forced to stay home, uh, wasn't unheard of for me you know it didn't change my my lifestyle uh so i you know during the pandemic worked on worked on music recording i mean it's still happening uh still doing that and um in november i have a in november i have a album coming out 
and that'll be coming out at the end of November. It's called The Mutt on November 30th. And that's what's coming next. Some more doubles down the road. Wow. And some more, or just some more music. Wow. Some more music overall, yeah. Just looking forward to, to releasing some more product. There'll be a lyric video for Rude Boy Summer coming out soon. Okay. And uh, just looking forward to that, continuing to, to, to share my art with the world. Well, we're going to close today with the latest single from Case Lee, one called Never Be Alone, which you heard him talk about the lyric video for back near the beginning of our conversation. Case Lee, before you and I record some bonus audio for folks to hear on Patreon, tell the audience all about the song itself, Never Be Alone. Yeah, Never Be Alone is a, is a special song to my heart because um, I think I was able to, to be vulnerable on it, kind of like uh, what, what we were just discussing. And um, it's just a song that I produced and actually recorded um, quite some years ago. Mm. And it, it felt like a time that, uh, that it just felt like a, a good time to release this song, you know. Um, globally, we're obviously going through such a hard time. And Never Be Alone is just a, a reminder to to anybody that needs to hear it. Like, hey, you you have community. Lean on that community. Lean on your friends. Lean on your loved ones. Um some of us don't like to ask for help. I'm one of those people, um, you know, but, but we need it. We need that love and we need to know that, hey, we're not, we don't have to walk this road alone or fight this fight alone. Um, so that's, that's, you know, what the song is about. And, um, yeah, it's just one that I produced and wrote. Um, funny enough, this song was a little different uh, workflow-wise because I had written the song to another instrumental altogether like an edm beat that a wow. producer did it on, on yeah a different producer did it and, and then it it wasn't really it didn't match the emotion of the song really so i ended up um producing or you know creating a, a new music but to to the vocal that i think that i i feel is just more in line with the uh the, the content of the song so I'm confused, though, sense. because when you first started talking mm -hmm. about it, it sounded to me like you were saying that it was already recorded a couple of years ago. No, that is correct. So what you're describing is even back then you were recording it differently from how it had first come out. Um, OK, so, yeah, what I mean is that it was it's not been released until now. Right. Um, when I first started writing it, I wrote it to uh, like an instrumental like EDM. Yeah dance inspired dance type of uh track and recorded it like that so my original vocals were to this edm thing and then um i didn't really feel like that was the the strongest direction for the songs so i took my own acapella and produced the music that you are now hearing around my own vocals but produced it this year or back then you changed it Back then, back then. So oh, that wow. record that you're hearing right now has existed in its in in that state for I think about five years, wow. five six years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So mm -hmm. why why sit on a song that long? That's a good question. Um, and I think it's it, it's really a an industry thing. Um, you know, they, I've I've gone through different deals. I've been in different situations. I've I, I think the timing is sometimes it's just it's never right you know sometimes it okay. feels okay. i mean i've worked with people that were like 
oh, let's save this song or like, let's, no, let's not put this song out. We need a, a, a song that's uh, in this other direction. Yeah, and yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's frustrating as an artist because you're like, man, I got this song I want. <laughs> I, I want to put it out, you know. Um, so now that I'm in the pilot seat and, and in control of my own releases, mm. um, you know, my team and I were like, man, let's let's put the song out. Okay, finally. okay, that makes sense and, because when yeah. I heard you say no five years ago is when I said no, I don't want it to the EDM beat. I'm going to redo it. That's when I thought, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. If even you knew then that no, it shouldn't be done this way. It should be done this way, and then you did it. Why didn't you? So you did a good job of explaining it. So I'm I'm, I'm glad cool. we have that clear. And so listeners will yeah. give you a chance to hear that in just a minute in its entirety. But Casely, right now, I just want to say thank you. It was really nice talking to you. I appreciate you making time to be on the show, and congratulations on all the music that you've been putting out this year, and what sounds like is going to be even more still. Oh yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great. I love the questions and yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this opportunity. So thank, thank you very much. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Casely. Visit his official website at caselykingofthesouth.com. Do be sure to engage with him on social media too. Like his music page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I did all three of those things myself this morning, so please do the same. Subscribe to Casely's official YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're listening to this episode. Of course, his new double single, Never Be Alone with Rude Boy Summer, is now out, as well as the lyric video for Never Be Alone. Remember that while you can follow Casely on Spotify, the better way to support him is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes, which is also called Apple Music. Again, Casely and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last six plus months worth of guests. It's only five bucks and it's ad free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange colored support us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been close to six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 337. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Casely. This is the one he just talked about called Never Be Alone. You won't ever be alone Even when you stray Count on me All my love will stay And you won't ever be alone Even when you fall And it's okay
eyes on your shoulders The more you get older The more it gets colder And it's Share the love, I know it's one hell of a road